Tonight is an awesome night, and I have so been looking forward to tonight. And, you know, as I had been planning and thinking over the holidays, I thought, we just need something extra special to kick off 2018. And then over the holidays, I was at an event where I had an opportunity to reconnect with a woman who I've heard speak on many occasions. And just in a short little visit with her, my soul felt like it had been watered. I felt so refreshed and my spirit was so stirred up and I thought this is the woman we need to bring in to launch us into 2018. Her name is Deborah Pegay and if you are not familiar with her, she is quite an extraordinary woman. She's been a Fortune 500 vice president. She's a best-selling award-winning author, international speaker. She is is amazing. She is an exceptional communicator. She says it like it is. She is funny, and I just love her, and I know you are going to love her. So can I ask you to do something in this place tonight? Can you stand to your feet to give a very warm welcome to Deborah Pigay? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, wow, look at you guys. Thank you so much. I love you. You may be seated. I just love hearing myself intro being introduced. <laughs> I'm like, who is she talking about? See, what wasn't in the resume the, is, was the fact that I was a maid, a motel maid, and made 75 cents an hour in the South several years ago, many years ago. And, and I'm, I'm almost get teary because um, it looked pretty hopeless back in the South in about 1964 or so. But look at God. I never thought I'd be standing in this place. God is good. I'm not going to cry because I wore eyelashes, and you can't be crying when you wear eyelashes. I want to honor the leadership here, and the Pastor Gary and, and Pastor Diane, uh, Pastor, Diane <laughs> Pastor Ann, I, I had a, someone sent me a note and they said, you know, she loves women. They were talking about you. They said she loves women and she loves God. And what a testimony. And I just want you to know I appreciate you. We've had a great time. Very hospitable. How many of you are members of this church? Oh, that's good. You're some smart women. And I want to applaud you for just coming out on a Monday night when you could be watching some TV or whatever. But you've come out because you want something for your soul. And God's not going to disappoint you. So I just want you to know to get ready. Just raise your level of expectancy. Don't come expecting me. Come expecting God to speak to you tonight. Amen? Amen. Okay, so I want to introduce you to my husband. And uh, so like, uh-oh, where'd he go? <laughs> I've been married to this man 39 years. He's the cute one. Where is he? Wave your hands. Oh, he's at, he's at the book table back there. He's so cute. <laughs> Before I get into the message, I just want to say a few things. I, I have my own television show now. Now, for 30 years, people have been telling me, you should have your own television show. And so I now have a program. I don't like to call it a show because it's definitely not a show. But it's called Winning with Deborah, where people turn to learn. And we're learning how to walk out the word of God. So I think he has a clip back there. I just want to show you like 30 seconds of the program. Are you ready, Travis? Okay, let's hit it. You know, Bishop, the Bible says that without faith it's impossible to please God. And, and uh, so I just have a question now. When we as Christians waver or falter in our faith, I know that's displeasing to God, but 
Are we really sinning when we doubt? God knew before I was born mm -hmm. what I was supposed to do. How awesome is that? It's and yet awesome. there are people who are 50, 60, 70 years old, they're trying to figure it out. So I want to win in life, and I know you want to win in life, and the only way to win is God's way. So I hope you have a great week, and thank you so much for joining us today on Winning with Deborah. So until next time, have a winning week. tonight at 8 o'clock, so I'm going to make this message 10 minutes so I can go watch. <laughs> well, God has a word for us tonight, and we're going to talk about how to be a tough woman. Now, not the kind you mean, not T-O-U-G-H, how you spell tough? Not T-O-U-G-H, I mean T-U-F. And so God's going to speak to us. I'm going to ask his blessing upon this time together. Father God, in the name of Jesus, thank you because you're God. Oh, God, you're so awesome. You've chosen us, chosen us. And we love you for that, God. And we want to say yes to you. So we ask you tonight for a word that will change us for all eternity. We want to go higher in you. Renew our passion for you and for the word and for prayer. And we thank you in advance for doing a good work and giving us signs that follow your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, tonight we're going to talk about how to be a tough woman. Oops. How to be a tough woman. Come on, say tough woman. You know, life is a lot like a stool, and tonight I'm going to challenge you to go to another level in God by beginning to really analyze, analyze. Uh, Travis, you're going to have to help me because I'm not, uh, this isn't going. Okay, here we go. Okay, begin to analyze your life. Now, listen, I'm a teacher, so I hope you have your pencil and your paper ready, right? Okay, have it ready because, you know, uh, people take a lot of notes when I speak. Now, that's not because I'm so awesome. They just like to write stuff down, obviously. But um, we, we want to we be ready to take those notes so people next to you won't be upset when you go, you got a piece of paper? So let's just have the notes ready, all right? Now, listen, life is a lot like a stool. And when we come to church... You know, we want to strengthen our beliefs, our foundation. That's why you've come. What, I mean, why else would you come out here in such mass numbers as, um, except you want something from God? Amen? And so tonight, we want to strengthen your beliefs. I want to talk about that. The, the, the fact that life is like a stool. Foundationally, we believe things, and it informs how we act in the four major areas of our lives. The, the physical, the relational, the emotional, the financial. It's all determined on what we believe. How I many of you know that to be true? If you believe tithing is for today, that's what you do. If you believe that forgiving is something we should do, that's what you do if you believe. And so sometimes we believe a lie. And tonight we're going to look at the truths from the word of God that we need to believe. Because you see, in an ideal world, all of our legs are balanced. The beliefs flow down. We're doing everything we know. We're doing all the word in each one of these areas. But let me just destroy that myth right now. Nobody's coming here with a totally balanced stool. Most of our stools probably look more like this. Let's go back. Okay. You see, it probably looks more like that. You know, we have strong legs. We have strong aspects of life. And it's interesting to watch this because, listen, to the extent that we really embrace a belief. See, I'm learning this, I'm learning this and I'm almost 100 years old. I'm 67 years old. And, uh, you know, I used to be one of the young people. I don't know what happened. First I was 25, then I was 67. Well, anyway, <laughs> I am just now beginning to really challenge these beliefs. And sometimes when I'm feeling, um, when I'm feeling inadequate, like, like tonight, and I saw these people, I'm like, oh! You know, I've spoken to large audiences and really big audiences, but I always get scared each time because I realize I'm embracing an erroneous belief. So all of you who are afraid of public speaking, let me see your hands, come on. 
Yeah, yeah. You see, that's because you believe that it all depends on you. So you think you need to bring everything to the table. But once you embrace a belief that you're really not on the spot, you're just standing in the spot where God's going to use you, it's a whole different story. And so sometimes when I'm feeling inadequate like that, I'll say, what are you believing? You're believing that everything you have and everything you need has to be resident in your head. No, it doesn't. God can flow through you. So I have to talk to myself so that I can correct my beliefs because faith comes by hearing. You're going to hear me say that many times tonight. Faith comes by hearing. So the truth of the matter is that we all have a little rickety stool, and it's okay. We don't have to be perfect because, see, when we come together like this, there are some who are strong in one leg, maybe others are weak in another leg, but together we make a whole. That's why I like to be with women. I like women. Have you ever met people who says, look, I'm done with women. Women are catty. Let me tell you something. First of all, how many of you are married? Because you're going to know, ooh, y'all got some marrying folks up in here. Okay, most of my audiences, they're single. But let me tell you something. You know why I like women? Because you can complain to women all day long about the same problem, and they just going to say, cool girl, that's a shame. Now, if I tell my husband about a problem one time, and he gives me the solution, and I tell him again, he said, didn't I tell you what to do about that? <laughs> Keep your women friends so you can compare somebody to wine to. At least you can do that. Amen? So we have all come in here with a stool that's not quite balanced. And it's okay. Come on, say it's okay. You see, because when I ask you to say it's okay and to admit that your stool may be a little rickety, that's because I wanted you to get to be a tough woman. And that T in tough stands for transparent. Transparent. The first T stands for transparent. How many of you, you would say you are, yes, I'm a transparent person. I kind of, you know, what you see is what you get. Yeah, not a lot, a lot of people are transparent because you see in this world where we have to present our best image and we're all on Facebook and our lives are so perfect. <laughs> Nothing goes wrong on Facebook. So I took a picture the other day and I took this picture. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not kidding. Are you filming this? Let me show you how I, I did like this. And I said, my, I told my husband, I'm going to post this on Facebook. Because people just need to know you're not perfect and life isn't perfect. It's okay to be transparent. And here's what the scripture says. Confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. See, it's time when we come together like this. It's okay to, in the fellowship hour to meet somebody. It's not, we're not just going to tell everybody our business. You're going to go up to me or somebody and go, yeah, I had a hysterectomy when I was 25. You know, that's not the kind of thing I'm talking about. I had to learn that. See, I had surgery. I, well, I just told you what I had, didn't I? When I was 25, I didn't know you weren't supposed to tell anybody. I didn't know it was a big secret. So I was absent from church for like, you know, a long time. Everybody, where were you? And I had fibroid tumors, and I said, oh, I was off. I had a hysterectomy. And they're like, oh, don't tell people that. I'm like, oh, I didn't know it was a secret. I didn't know in this pretend world you're supposed to act like everything was perfect. Oh, I was just on a little leave of absence. So listen, we have to learn to be vulnerable because people really connect with you more on your vulnerabilities than they do with your strengths. Did you know that? So let's just decide tonight. We're just going to stop that. We're just going to start being vulnerable, and it's okay. I was reading this story in 2 Kings 4 where this woman uh, came to Elisha and said, you know, my husband was one of your prophets and he died and left us in debt and the creditors are about to come and take my sons into slavery until such time as they pay off the debt. She's going to lose her husband and her sons. 
And Elisha says, what do you have in your house? And she says, I only have just a pot of oil. And he said, listen, go to all your neighbors and borrow some pots. Now, when I read that, thinking about how we can be today, I was like, I am not going to be borrowing from the neighbors so they can know I'm all poor. <laughs> I don't want those folks to know my business. He said, go borrow from everybody. And she did. And because she did, she re reaped a great profit. You see, we have to learn how to be vulnerable. And you know what? That's a risk. Because sometimes you'll find yourself being vulnerable to somebody who we're not, who's not worthy of that. And they just may tell somebody what you told them. You ever had that? You ever been betrayed by a woman? Well, listen, don't write everybody off just because you've been betrayed by one. You know, my husband cracked me up. He had, uh, we went to a restaurant once, and he, we had fish and cake, and he ate the cake with the fish bone, and it made him sick, so he stopped eating fish. He just said, fish is bad. I'm saying to myself, that's mighty funny. You didn't stop eating cake, you know. <laughs> you see, we can just stop and write people off. Let me tell you something. You can, you can be the dog. Don't be the dog that carries the bone, and don't be the dog that, don't be the dog that, um, I'm going to whip this thing. Get back here. Okay. You see, the, so, so listen, here's the deal. Don't be a gossip, okay? Be the one, listen, what my, my thing says, one who gossips to you will gossip about you. So if you're wondering, like, who to trust, you know, just be very discerning. Watch what people say to you. If they're saying negative things about somebody to you, there's a good chance they're going to go say something about you or somebody, right? But that's okay. Don't write everybody off. You know, we got to stop doing that. Don't paint everybody with the same broad brush. We got to learn how to take that risk because relationships are a risk, but I think they're worth it. Do you think they're worth it? Yeah, so we want to come together and begin to be those kind of women that trust each other. And, you know, just assume, if you've been hurt before, don't assume everybody wants to hurt you. Everybody doesn't. Some people, they just can't bear the responsibility of a secret. So now you know. You don't have to write them off. You just know not to trust them with a secret. <laughs> How easy is that, you know? I got friends like that. And so you, you keep that conversation at a different level. You talk about the weather and... and Trump's latest tweet or something, you know, something that doesn't bother you, you know, doesn't affect you. You know, you just don't, you know, you don't get off into that. You just like, just keep it top level. You know what I'm saying? Y'all learning something tonight? I just want to tell you that. Because sometimes you can be so turned off because you've been hurt. And I don't even want to ask you to raise your hands tonight. How many of you been hurt by other people? Maybe not even another woman, but you've been hurt by enough people so that you say, I'm never going to do that again. I mean, have you, are you, have you been there? I've been there. My family turned against me a few years ago when my dad died. And, I, and before then, I was like the darling. I have seven, six brothers. And boy, they thought I was Jesus' sister. I mean, they tell everybody, oh, my sister, she's something else. She, my brother used to say, my sister's a stone Christian. I don't know what a stone Christian is, but, you know, I think that was good. And, uh, and then when my dad left me over the will, and all of a sudden, I became the devil's sister. I just fell off the pedestal, and it was very hurtful, but um, I just decided I wasn't going to be moved by that. And that brings me to that you in being a tough woman. you got to be unmovable. you got to be unmovable. Say that with me. Unmovable. Unmovable. Let's see what the scripture says about that. Be ye steadfast, unmovable. I like that word. Now, I know some people think it's immovable, but just as a point of correction here, immovable has to do with an object. Unmovable has to do with emotions. And you can't allow the fact that somebody has hurt you or some negativity has happened in your life to cause you to become, to move away from the beliefs and the principles of the Bible. Listen, trouble is good for you. 
David said, it has been good for me that I have been afflicted, that I might learn your statutes. There's something to be learned from affliction. I don't run away from troubles anymore. I'll just say, God, I know this is working together for my good. And that's what we have to do. We got to go back to the stools and say, what am I embracing? I was listening to a message by Pastor Gary that he gave in, in June of last year. And he said, you know, if we really could see uh, what God is doing when he brings trouble into our lives and there's a divine perspective and we could see that we'd be okay, but we can't see it because we don't know what God is doing. You know, it's like watching a parade and you, you, don't, you just see the part you see. You don't see the, you know, the end, but God sees it all. And that's why in everything give thanks because this is the will of God concerning you. And that's why when, even when I had my surgery that would render me unable to have children, well, first of all, I didn't know you're supposed to be depressed about it. You know, I got a lot to learn about negativity. So I didn't know you're supposed to be uh, de depressed, and I was all joyful. And um, so, because I, I was reading in the Bible one day, and when I was home, and, and while I was in the, in the hospital there, when I was 25 years old, there was this thought that was so prevalent in my mind, and it says, in everything give thanks, but this is the will of God concerning you. I'm like, okay, I didn't know that was a scripture, though. So when I got home, I was reading the Bible, and there it was. I said, oh, that's the scripture. So I didn't know not to give thanks. I just said, okay, the will of the Lord be done. Let me tell you, that mindset has kept me. That mindset has kept me that no matter what's going on, I believe God is working something out. I do. Several years ago, um, gosh, in 2012, my husband uh, had three siblings to die within a 14-month period. And we had the last one's funeral on a Wednesday. And on uh, Friday, um, well, then right before that, my husband was diagnosed with cancer. So we had this, he had the surgery on the Friday after the funeral. And it was just a lot to deal with because I had a book due and I had a uh, speaking engagement. And then my mom was taken to the hospital on that Sunday and I didn't like how she was looking. So I brought her to my house and, and I was taking her down for breakfast on Wednesday and she collapsed and she died en route to the hospital. And I remember thinking, you see, I, I have a rule. I don't ever say I'm overwhelmed. I just won't say that. I, I believe faith comes by hearing, and I don't want to give the enemy that kind of foothold. So I didn't say, I was overwhelmed. What is that? I didn't say I was overwhelmed. Okay. Okay, devil, trying to interrupt my point. But I was, I, I, I remember... It was just so much going on and I had to bring the fly the relatives in and plan the funeral and I even did my mom's eulogy. But I was remember there were a house there was a house full of people that night and I went out into the garage and I turned all the lights off and I just began to worship God. I began to exalt him above all that was going on. You know, the enemy wants to take your mind. You know that, right? You just got to say, I ain't losing my mind. I'm keeping it. It's found and I'm keeping it. All right? And I just held my hands up and I said, God, I want to thank you all that you're doing. I exalt you above all that is going on and I receive your strength now. And I just felt the strength of God infuse me and I was able to do my mom's funeral and I didn't fall apart and all of that. I'm not bragging on that because that's called grace, folks. That's called the grace of God. And I'm speaking to somebody here tonight who may have be. Who is it? Who is it? Just raise your hand. I need to pray for that person right now. Who's that? Just, just go. Yeah, I see that. I see those hands. I got to follow the, the, the spirit right now. I see people who are so overwhelmed until they don't know what to do next. Listen, we talked earlier about casting your care upon God. You know what that means, what that looks like? The word cast means to toss quickly. Don't carry. 
Don't carry, cast. You just say, God, I want to thank you because nothing is too hard for you. See, we bring God down to the level of our problems and it's just, you know, we're overwhelmed because we, we don't see a way out. But they're just, we don't live by what we see. We just say, God, you got it. So I want to speak to those people right now in the name of Jesus who are feeling overwhelmed. Come on, stand with me and believe. Don't stand up, but just believe with me right now. Father God, in the name of Jesus, for every woman who is feeling overwhelmed right now, we declare in the spirit that she is casting all her care upon you because you care for us and you never leave us, you never forsake us. You are omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent. There is nothing that's too hard for you. I thank you, God that you're giving them peace that surpasses their understanding right now in the name of Jesus, amen. Come on, let's give God a praise for that. Let's give God a praise for that. Some things you just gotta take authority over. You know that? You gotta take authority over wagging tongues, you gotta take authority over anxiety. I used to be so anxious about things, I was scared to fly, scared to, listen, when I first came to California, I had so much fear. I was afraid to meet a man, because my mom said they probably gonna treat you wrong, because she came up in a, you know, she had an abusive marriage. I was afraid to date somebody. I was afraid to go on a business trip and, and, and ride in the taxi, because uh, there was a news story, somebody took somebody off and killed them, and so, you know. <laughs> And I'm thinking, well, why, why that's got to be your testimony? <laughs> so I just decided, and I think it was in 2000, whatever it was, but I had to go to South Africa, and I was so afraid of flying, it was just ridiculous. I just didn't like being that high off the ground. You know, I kept telling myself, I don't, I'm not scared, I just prefer to be on the ground. I have an affinity for the ground. But at any rate, I was just scared, okay? So when we got ready to go to South Africa, I looked it up, and it's, the flight was going to be 23 hours. I said, okay, Lord. I said, that's too long to be scared. I'm done being scared. I ain't gonna be scared no more. <laughs> and this was so funny, because this was like way back in the days when racism was kind of bad, when I, I got on this airplane, and I was sitting next to this Caucasian man. Was, he's so cute. And I said, um, he was an older man, but I said, you know, like, whoever's sitting next to me, I'm gonna grab their hands on takeoff. They're gonna grab their arms. So I sat and I said, sir, I'm, I just need you to know that I, I'm gonna need to borrow your arm till we get airborne. So we took off my grab and I had a grip on him. When we got it, but I said, thank you very much. <laughs> I mean, he probably thought I was retarded, but I, you know, that was my coping mechanism. But then I found Psalm 91, that God would give his angels charge over you and keep you in all your ways. So now I don't need anybody's arm. Hallelujah. <laughs> Listen, but when we've been betrayed, when we've been betrayed by somebody, we got to learn to forgive. And I'm going to park right there tonight. We got to learn how to forgive. We have to learn how to forgive, and that's the F in being a tough woman. We have to learn how to forgive. We gotta be, you know, we gotta talk about forgiving. Okay, now I know this is a subject nobody really wants to talk about. But we gotta talk about it, because God requires it. God requires it, and he gave me this expression. He says, learn from the burn, but forgive to live. You gotta learn from the burn. You've been burned, you gotta learn from that. There's a lesson in that. And you know what the hardest truth is to accept? Is the fact that God saw whatever you went through before it happened. He saw it while it was happening and he chose to allow it. That's a hard truth, but nobody can refute that. God was not shocked by anything that's happened. And yet you gotta step back and say, what is this? And I looked through everything I've been through and I realized now it wasn't just about me. It was about being an example and that's what we gotta be. When we're going through, it's time for us as women of God, women of faith to go through in such a way that we make the women in the world say, what is your secret? What is your secret? 
And you can't get stuck. Too many people are stuck in unforgiveness. They're just looking back, just like that, always looking back at an offense. Just, you know, they can't even go through life. They're just looking back. You ever wondered why your windshield is bigger than your rearview mirror? You ever wondered? Why? Because you're supposed to spend more time looking forward. I was going to Pasadena a few years ago on the freeway. You may not be familiar with that freeway, but it's really winding. And, and so I got in my fast lane, and I was going fast in the fast lane. And I was just going, and the police stopped me. And, and he pulled me over, and he says, I have been behind you for a long time. <laughs> he said, do you ever look in your rear view mirror? And I'm thinking, not when I'm in the fast lane going fast. I knew I had at least 10 more miles to my destination. What do I need to look back for? I'm not changing lanes. I don't care about who cut me off last, I don't care about who cut me off a minute ago. I'm in the fast lane now. I'm on the way to my destination. And let me tell you something, you gotta get that way about your destiny. You gotta get in the fast lane, the stick fast lane, and you gotta say, listen, I'm on my way to my destiny. I'm not gonna get stuck. I'm not going to get stuck in unforgiveness. I'm not going to get stuck in unforgiveness. Too many, too many people have done that. They're just stuck. Come on, somebody say stuck. stuck. Let me tell you what the Lord has to say about that. Oops, come back again, come back again. Okay, hallelujah. <laughs> now, we all love Mark 11, 25. We like Mark 11, 23 and 24. Let me just read it to you. If you have your Bibles, you might want to turn to it, but everybody loves this. This scripture. But this scripture has to do with forgiveness, and I want to talk about it. Mark 11, 23, and 24. It says, For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea. See, we're taking authority here. And, do, and does not doubt in his heart. But he believes that those things which he says shall come to pass. He shall have whatever he says. That's good stuff. We like claiming stuff. God, I just declared this. I declared that. And then here comes Mark eleven twenty five, and it throws us a complete curve. He says, and whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anybody, forgive him. I'm like, wait a minute, what happened? I was doing real good. I was claiming everything. <laughs> then Jesus throws me a curveball. What's this got to do with forgiving? I'm trying to claim my stuff. He says, no, 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 no. And, because this is one big thought, and when you stand praying, if you have anything against anybody, did anybody in this room tonight come in here with anything against anybody? Be transparent, and I tell the truth. How many of you came in this room, and you make, mm-hmm, I know that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but you see, forgiving must be part of our belief system. Listen, when I married my husband, I, I had come from a legacy of unforgiveness. I told my husband, I said, listen, in my family, and I know this is bad grammar, I said, but in my family, we don't do no forgiving. So try not to do anything if I have to forgive you. <laughs> try not to do nothing. Because we don't forgive. We hold it forever. You think an elephant has a memory, mess with a smith. We're going to remember till Jesus comes. And then I had a mentor who said, no matter what anybody does for you, to you, you always say, I release that. That has helped me. I release that. I don't wait till I feel it. I just say, I release that. And how do you say it? How do you start doing that? You say, well, forgiveness is easier said than done. You're right. It's easier said than done. 
Therefore, let's do the easy part first. Let's say it. Let's say, I release that. Let me hear you say that. I release that. I release that. Say it again. I release that. Just make that part of your repertoire. No matter what happens, I don't care if somebody cuts you off on the freeway. You say, I release that. See, the freeway would test your salvation in California. How many of your, your salvation has been tested in California? I know I'm telling the truth now. Don't shout me down. You see, I, 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 you know what? When somebody prays, when somebody does that, I just pray for them. I'm, honest to God, I do it. My husband can tell you. I just decided that whoever cuts me off, that's a prayer request. God's just putting them in my path so I can <laughs> pray for them. And I just say, God, I claim that soul for your kingdom. I just claim the soul for your kingdom. Now, okay, okay, so I don't do it all the time. To be transparent, sometimes I get really mad at them, so I want to get right on their bumper too, or like cut them off too. And you know, people kind of crazy, they might shoot you, right? So, so one day I was trying to get this person back. I was retaliating, which God said, don't do. Don't, you don't return the punishment. So I cut back over, then I got scared. Oh, they might shoot me. So I started driving like an old lady. I started doing like this. It's like, I'm innocent. I'm harmless. I, I, was, I didn't mean it. But listen, we're never more like God than when we give and we forgive. Say that with me. We're never more like God than when we give and we forgive. I want you to get this message deep down in your heart. Because you know what? We need to be free, and we need to show the world how to be free. We need to show other women. This is our finest hour, ladies. This is our finest hour. We are women of faith. And I want people to look at me and just get godly jealous. I want them to wonder, like, how, did, how do you do that? How do you have joy all the time? I have joy all the time. Really, I do. I just refuse to let the devil steal my joy or my peace. And let me tell you, when something happens, I just start singing. I still have joy. I still have peace. I still love God. I, it doesn't have to sound good, but it goes like this. Let me tell you what, it, what I do. Like today and yesterday and all the days when things were going like really crazy, I said, I still have joy. I still have joy. You know, the devil just cut up all the things I've been through. I still have joy. And I smile, not because I feel it, because I'm declaring some things. I'm defying the enemy, and I'm going to challenge you to do that. How many of you are you're most joyful most of the time? Yeah, see, we got to be joyful. We can be joyful. We can do this. But see, sometimes we wait till we try to feel it. We even try to forgive people when we feel it. You don't have to feel it. You have to just do it. You see, actions, feelings follow actions. You act first, the feelings will catch up. I'm not waiting for them, though. I'm going to say, I forgive you. I release you. I still have joy. I still have peace. I still have faith. Because forgiving is giving. Forgiving is giving. Forgiving is giving. It's giving to others what God has given to us. He's giving us mercy and understanding and grace. And that's where I want to be. And I don't want to just forgive people and like put them on parole. I want to give them a pardon. <laughs> now, you know, some of us say we've forgiven people. Well, we just got them on parole. <laughs> they do one more thing. They back in the doghouse. 
I don't want to do that. I want to look beyond the fault and see the need. I, I've had people who are, they call them haters, you know, they say things to you, you know, because you know that they're kind of envious. If you see even another woman, they're trying to, like, you know, they know somebody who's doing a little better than you. You ever, you ever seen anybody like that? You know, they, somebody's doing a little better than you. And, and then my heart goes out to them because I know they're trying to level the playing field. I, I had my kitchen done once and, and somebody came over and they said, but you should see Sally's kitchen. And I'm thinking about, how about you ain't got no kitchen? But see, you can't say that. You, you can't say that when you write a book called 30 Days of Taming Your Tongue. Okay. But, but you ask God to help you to look beyond the... <laughs> now you, wait, come on, let's just, let's just be transparent. How many of you talk to people in your head? Come on. You, just talking to people in your head. I told God this morning, I said, please keep me out of my head. I need, I, need to, I, I need to stop talking to people out of my head. I just need to say, you know what, I'm going to let that go. I'm just going to let that go. I release, I release that too. I release that too. I'm not retaliating in my head. And I'm not going to tell somebody else what somebody else did. That's a form of retaliation too because I'm trying to destroy their image. You understand what I'm saying? How many of you are getting this message on forgiveness? You need to let it go. And let me tell you something. It requires divine intervention. You can't make a New Year's resolution and count to 10, you're going to have to say, God, I need you to flow it through me. I need some divine assistance. It's like when you go to the gym and they spot you, you know, because the weight is too heavy and the trainer comes over and he just helps you. Well, sometimes you just need the Holy Ghost to spot you. You got to say, Holy Ghost, I need you to spot me. This is too hard for me. And don't try to do it. You know, I'm, I am trying to get in this mode where I say, God, I don't, I don't know how to do anything. Without you, I can do nothing. That's where I want to be. I don't want self-confidence. I don't want any of that. I cannot begin to believe that I can forgive in my own strength just because I have a strong resolve. That's not enough. You need supernatural intervention. Are you getting this? You need supernatural intervention. Supernatural intervention. Well, tonight, I hope I've encouraged you to be tough women, transparent, unmovable, forgiving. How many of you want to be in that space? You can say, I'm a tough woman. And you can declare it by faith. You know, sometimes you got to call those things which are not as though they are already. You understand? You don't have to wait and say, well, you know, I'm trying. Don't, don't say you're trying. You just say, God is working it out. And I want to pray tonight for people who have been in that place, been in that place. And I would love to hear your stories too, but I got to finish telling you about some of mine. Because there have just been... <laughs> Instance on instance on instance where people lied, said I stole something, you know, and listen, the devil knows your little thing that gets you. See, I'm a CPA by training, and when my dad died and left me over his will, my brother said I took the money, and I'm thinking, I have been over millions. I have, and I had access to the money, and, and I never, I've never taken a nickel from anybody in my whole life. And so maybe that was a source of pride. So when that was, when that was you know, marred, I'm like, get out of here. You know, how can I get back at them? But God said, I want you to be a peacemaker, not a peacekeeper. Don't just keep quiet for peace's sake, but actively seek to make peace. Initiate the reconciliation. You see, here's the deal. The most spiritual person will be the one who goes for the unity. So we don't wait till people come to us. We don't wait till somebody comes to us and say, I'm really sorry. And then you say, well, I'll think about forgiving you now. Sometimes you may never get that apology that you're waiting for. 
Sometimes you just got to decide, I'm not going to move off of this principle that God has set for that I need to forgive. I'm not going to move from that. I believe this, and I'm going to implement it. And that's what I want to pray for you tonight. I want to pray for those of you who are saying, listen, I want to be able to do this, but this sounds really hard. Let me tell you something. If you get into the word of God and let it get into you, and that means meditating, meditating on the word. I, I read these scriptures on forgiveness. I read them and I know them by heart, but I just read them anyway. You know, forgive. If you don't forgive others, God's not going to forgive you. I don't think most of us believe that. We said, you know, and God is saying, listen, I want you to be a channel of forgiveness. I want to just channel that through you, not in the world's way. I want to just send it through you. I don't want you to be a reservoir. You know, I, I send you all the grace, and you keep it for yourself. You don't give it to anybody. You just keep all the grace for yourself. God said, that's not what I'm calling you to do tonight. And I want to challenge every single woman in here, no matter what your age is. And I see a lot of people who are a lot younger than I am. You know what? And it's time you learn that early. You don't have to go through life being a handicap, being stuck in unforgiveness. You can learn how to let it go now. You can begin to practice that as a principle as we begin this new year. As we begin this new year. There are some things you should, you should say, I'm not going to tolerate for myself this year. I'm not going to tolerate prayerlessness. I'm not going to tolerate not reading the word. I'm not going to tolerate being worldly. Oh, y'all looking quiet. Listen, you got to really, really come on, say, God, search me, oh God. Show me what I need. Show me what I need to show up. Maybe I'm just a little bit too sexy. Maybe I kind of know what I'm doing more than when I wear my dresses up to my behind. <laughs> Maybe I am trying to entice some men. Maybe I think that's the only way I can get attention because that's the way I've always gotten it. But you see, I'm here to encourage you tonight to know that you are valuable and you've got to know what God has put into you. I love Proverbs 31, 18. It says, she perceives that her merchandise is good. The Proverbs 31, she knows what she brings to the table. Not in a proud way, but she values what she brings to the table. And she's not looking for validation. She, per she perceives that her merchandise is good. All of you bring good merchandise tonight. If I were to go around each table and say, what do you bring to the table? Listen, maybe the enemy has hidden it from you, but let me tell you, he wants, God wants you to be a tough woman tonight. He wants you to be the kind that's unmovable. You are forgiving. You are transparent. You're not worried about being judged. If I let them know this is true about me, then they're going you know, to think less of me. Who are they? Let's take back our power from they. Who are this almighty they that you've given all your power to, that you're going to be a phony I love you tonight, and God loves you even more. And I want to pray for you right now. If you're in this place, and you say, listen, I'm ready to be a tough woman in 2018. I'm ready to be transparent. You know, God's going to show me who I can be transparent with. And even if I make a misstep and somebody betrays my trust, I am ready to say, I release you. I am unmoved from the principles of God. If you're in this place tonight and you want to make that your declaration, I want you to stand. I want you to stand tonight. I'm not going to ask you to come down, but I just want you to stand. If you're in this place and you say, listen, I'm ready to move from another place. I'm ready to move to another place in God. I'm in that place myself. I'm ready to move into another place in God. I'm tired of being sporadic sometimes in my prayers. Now, listen, I'm telling tell, tell this story on myself while you're standing. I was going to pray uh, one hour. That was my commitment. And I went down to my, and I had my prayer room all set up. I'm set up for prayer. And I said, oh, but I want to listen to the worship music by C.C. Winans while I'm praying. That's going to be good. And I go, and I can't find my, my CD. So I said, oh, it's 
probably in the car. I go down to my car, open the trunk, and I look for it. You know, it's taking about 15 minutes. I can't find the CD. I'm like, oh, man, it must be in my office. So I go to my office, and I can't find it there. But, you know, the telephone's right there, so I might as well check the little, you know, check the voicemails while I'm at it. And so I check the voicemail, and then, you know, the computer's right there. So I just check the email, too, while I'm here. And, you know, listen, by the time I finished, I had like five minutes left to pray. I went back and said, Lord, just, let's just bless the whole world in Jesus' name. <laughs> I'm not going to tolerate prayerlessness this year. I'm not going to tolerate being sporadic like that. Can y'all relate to that? How many of you don't want to tolerate prayerlessness anymore? Then stand up. Let's, come on, let's, let's declare some things. How many of you don't really read the word? Come on. Don't raise your hand this time. Don't raise your hand. But I'm going to ask God to give you a passion. I'm going to ask God to give you a passion for his word. I know this message is a little bit heavy and we're trying to have a little bit of fun. But let me tell you something. God wants to change you. He wants to change you. He wants to change you so you can be a light to other people. It's time for you to be an example. It's time to stop looking for an example and start to be an example. It's time for you to be an example for your family. It's time for you to be an example on the job. A, a, a person of stability and sobriety, no matter what's going on, even if it looks like they're not treating you right, you know that promotion comes from God because you read that in the Word. So you know that God's got you covered. And you can be a team player because nobody can take what God has destined for you. Did you know that? Nobody. And I want you to leave out here tonight, not with your head up in your air and your nose up, but I want you to leave here with your head up because there are some things you know. You are unmovable. You are unmovable. Say that I'm unmovable. I always abound in the work of the Lord. And smile when you say it. Because we, we, we're not hopeless. We're not hopeless. We are tough women. We forgive. We don't do it in our own strength. We don't try to do anything in our own strength. We hate self-confidence. Because we know that confidence means with trust. And we don't want to trust in self. We want to trust in God. Father God, in the name of Jesus... We thank you. We just thank you. Even as we stand in your presence tonight. As we stand in your presence tonight. Change us on the inside. Renew our passion for you. Renew our passion for the word. Renew our passion just to be spiritual women who are sober. Oh God, renew our passion for women who are even weaker or who need us. And God, help me to help us to know that where others zag, we zig. And, and together we can make that picture, God. We can be complete. Let us look for that. We don't want to look on the other woman in envy. But God, we want to see it as a source of strength. And we thank you, Lord, because we're a source of strength too. Help us to perceive that our merchandise is good. And you've given us awesome, good merchandise. We just stop for a moment right now and appreciate the good merchandise that you have given to us. And we say thank you for choosing us to be your daughters. Thank you, Lord, for choosing us in this moment of gratitude. Let this be, be the beginning of a habit. A habit, God, of being grateful for what you've already done in our lives. We thank you. We praise you. We honor you. Teach us how to worship. Teach us how to use worship as warfare. Lord, when we feel overwhelmed, help us not to succumb to the thoughts of the enemy that we can't go on. Help us to know, God, that you carry us and you never leave us. Thank you for that. Thank you for never leaving us. Thank you, Lord, for loving us forever. With all of our spots and issues, you still love us. And we thank you, Lord. 
And we receive your strength now. We receive your renewed passion now. In the name of Jesus, we believe that we receive now. And every mountain that would get in our, in our way, in our pursuit of you, we cast it down. We command it to move, to move, to move, to move. In Jesus' name. And we say yes. Come on, everybody, say yes. Say yes, Lord. Yes to your way. Yes to your will. Yes to everything you're calling me to do. I say yes. And I willingly will pursue my destiny. Because your word says, all the days ordained for me were already written in your book before one of them came to pass. I thank you for every day. I thank you for your plan for my life. And Lord, I know that it involves some affliction because you said that many are the afflictions of the righteous. Say it with me. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. But you deliver me out of all of them. I thank you in advance for deliverance from every single thing that will come into my life that the enemy meant for bad, but you turn it to good. In Jesus' name. Oh, we thank you. Come on, let's give God an applause. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, come on, give him an applause. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now listen, if you have come into this place tonight and you say, listen, I'm not, I'm not an heir to the promises of God because I've never accepted Jesus as my Savior. I just want you to raise your hands. You don't have to raise them real high. I just want to see if anybody in this room tonight because we're going to pray the sinner's prayer. We're going to pray a prayer together and ask God to come in and be our Lord and our Savior. You know what that means? That's not just the phrase, my Lord and my Savior. He's going to be our Lord. He's going to be our master. We're going to let him rule us. We're going to let him rule our tongues. We're going to watch what we say. We're going to watch how we think. We're going to watch how we forgive. We're going to thank him for everything that happens. So right now, I want everybody to repeat this prayer after me. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I confess right now, I confess with my mouth that Jesus died and he rose again. He died for my sins and he's coming back again. Lord, I ask you to come into my heart and make me a new creation. Make me a new creation, Lord. Now, according to Romans 10 and 9, come on, say it. According to Romans 10 and 9, I am a new creation. I am saved in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Come on, let's give God a praise. Let's give it to him. Hallelujah. Sister Ann, come on. In the name of Jesus. 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 Let's just be still before the Lord. Just be still a minute. God, I decree that the enemy would not steal one truth that was cemented in hearts tonight. But they will go home and reinforce it. They will read the scriptures. Write them down. Reinforce them, God, in the name of Jesus. And we thank you. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. I forgot. Okay. I wanted to tell you that I brought some resources for you tonight. And I just want to tell you very quickly while we just, just take a minute. I wrote this book, 30 Days to Taming Your Tongue, because I messed up with my mouth. It's a 30-day fast from negativity. For 30 days, you can't lie and gossip and tell half the truth. And um, you can't complain. You can't retaliate. You are not going to be doing no talking. Okay? It's a verbal fast. 
Emergency Prayers is a book that people have literally called me and said people have been raised from the dead reading, saying these prayers. It's been in hospitals, um, rooms, uh, what do you call those little stores in the hospital? And one lady said, I just took my, the book up there and my, my relative was in a coma and I read a prayer over it. One of the prayers for people who are dying and she said he was raised up and he's back at work. God is good. And I just want to tell you that tonight I talked a little bit about forgive, let go and live and it will help you to stories of people who forgave and people who didn't. And of course today at the church I taught a course on uh, a class on confronting without offending. How to tell someone your behavior is negatively impacting me and I need you to stop it. You tell them in a way that's God honoring. You tell uh-huh. See, some of us think we, we can just be quiet for peace sake. That, ain't, is, that is not in the Bible. All right? Someone's behavior is negatively impacting you. The Bible says go and tell him his fault. God bless you, ladies. I love you and thank you for your attention tonight. Amen. Amen.